What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Jacob may have thought like us that he found God, but in Hosea, he says, no, 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 God found Jacob. Now, there's certain implications about that. When it says in, in Hosea 12:4 that God found Jacob in Bethel, what does that mean? That means God was looking for Jacob. God was looking for Jacob. You know, and when it says so, and then in other words, when, when Jacob left home, in verse 10, Jacob went out from Beersheba, then it's just like God was tracking him, just like God tracked Adam and Eve just like he tracked Adam and Eve in Genesis 3.8. In Genesis 3.8, when it says that Adam and Eve, they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from amongst the trees, amongst the trees of the garden. And then it says in verse 9, chapter 3, verse 9, Genesis 3, verse 9, Genesis 3.9, it says, And God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Where art thou? He says in verse 9, Genesis 3, 9, where are you, Adam? And how do you think he said that? What do you think God sounded like in the, in the Garden of Eden there when he was calling out to Adam? Do you think it was something like, Adam, where are you? Or do you think it was like, what, 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 what happened to Adam? Adam, where are you, Adam? I lost Adam again. He's always getting lost. You think it was like that? You think it was like anger? You think it was like curiosity? Where is he? You think it was almost with an endurance? Adam, where are you? You think it was like that? Or do you think that it might have been something like, Adam, where are you? With a longing in his voice, with a loud calling out, with his hands cupped, where are you, Adam? And it's, it's not amazing that after Adam sins and offends God, that Adam goes and hides away from God. You can understand that. But what's amazing is that God takes the position after Adam has sinned, after Adam has offended God, God takes the position of, I must find Adam. 
I must go after Adam. And so what we're seeing here in this chapter 28, here with Jacob, 28, 11, Genesis 28, 11, we're seeing the same mode that God's in. I must find Jacob. I must find him. And that tells us why in Hosea 12, 14, God, it says, when God found Jacob in Bethel. That's because the mission of Jehovah Jesus has been, is, will be, as he put it in Luke 19.10, Luke 19.10, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost, that which was lost. And so Jehovah Jesus came to seek and to save Jacob who was lost, and he found him in Bethel. And so when we look at a history like this with, uh, with Jacob, then we ask the question, what's that got to do with me? What does this history about Jacob and Bethel have to do with me? Very simple. Is it just in a historical account about Jacob that has no application? No, not at all. Not at all. Because it's the last words of Hosea 12.4, Hosea 12.4, that bring the application to us. Because it says in Hosea 12.4, he found him in Bethel, and there he spake with us. He spoke with us. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute, don't you mean he spoke with him in Bethel? No, he spoke with us. He found Adam, God found Adam in the Garden of Eden, doesn't say this, but there he spoke with us. When he said, Adam, where art thou? God was speaking with us. When he found Jacob in Bethel, he spoke with us. He spoke with us. And what was the message that he's speaking to us? I have found you. I have been looking for you. I am seeking you. I am seeking you that is lost. I want to save you that is lost. I'm after you. I'm on your trail. And that's the whole meaning here that we get into as we look at this passage here in Genesis 28. It's all about God seeking the lost to save them. And we were lost and we we were saved. And so Jacob, he doesn't know this. He thinks he's just on, he's on, he's only on the on the horizontal. He's looking horizontally back at home, and he says, I got a brother. He's there sharpening his knife. He wants to cut my throat. That's Esau. Great family life. Anyway, he sees that, and so on the horizontal, he says, I need to get out of of Dodge quick, and he's running for his life, and he's run his strength out. He's on a dusty, dry road in the middle of the desert. He doesn't even hardly have anything other than clothes that are on his back when he left and he's come to this place, and there's one point that is made for us in this scripture, and that is that he takes stones and he makes them a pillow. I mean, really. That's what God wants to portray to us, the desperate condition. You're pretty low when you have to make stones a pillow, and that's what happens. And so he falls into a deep sleep, and in this deep sleep, He dreams a dream. In verse 12, he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. He dreams a dream, and what a dream he dreamt that night. It was a fabulous dream. Wow, he's got got stones for a pillow. You know, people can sleep on the most comfortable bed with with the most comfortable pillow tops of and and with with 4033 threads 
or whatever, the most luxurious house and protected house, and they could be miserable without God. And, 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 and never had a wonderful dream like this, like Jacob had. But here Jacob is, he's sleeping totally exposed in the desert. He's got stones for pillows. And what a contrast he is with people in the most luxurious house. And what happens? What happens? It says here, at night is really described in Numbers 24.4. Numbers 24.4, he hath said, which heard the words of God, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes open. Jacob fell into a trance, but his eyes were opened. And what happened is Jacob was made to see sights that were about heaven. Jacob was made to hear words from the voice of God. This is exactly what it says in Deuteronomy 4.36. Deuteronomy 4.36, it says, out of heaven he made thee to hear his voice that he might instruct thee. And so here's Jacob. Now, what we see in this dream is so astounding. And there's one word that God uses here to just express the astoundingness of it. And it's in verse 12 and 13. And in our Bible, it just says in verse 12, behold, a ladder, hine, a ladder. And in verse 13, behold, the Lord stood above it. Hine, the Lord stood above it. So the dream is so uh, surprising. It's so amazing that it's characterized by this word behold or hine, hine there. So it, it reminds me of my little granddaughter. I got, I got a granddaughter named Kate. Kate, little, she's a little kid. And I remember when Kate was little, She's like four years old. She had a very limited vocabulary, a very, very limited vocabulary. I mean, she had some words that we didn't understand, and it was always a question whether we were going to learn her language or she was going to learn our language. But one of the words that she really had down and used all the time was the word, wow. <laughs> you showed her some, look, Kate, my new shoes. She would say, wow. <laughs> you show, I remember showing her, look, Kate, the swimming pool, Wow. She would say, and that's really the word kind of like in verses 12 and 13, it's wow. Verse 12, wow, a ladder, a ladder. How amazing is that? And behold, the ladder, and then uh, the Lord standing above it. above it. Wow, God standing there. Now, a ladder is interesting because uh, if you don't have a ladder, then, you know, you want to get to someplace and it's someplace high and you know, like a, like a loft up there and above the garage like, like I have, you know. And if you don't have a ladder, you, all you can do is just sit down there and look and say, I wish I could get up there. But I can't because I don't have a ladder. So instead, I'm just going to sit down here as looking long, looking long that I could get up there. You know, anyway, so you need a ladder because a ladder gives you access. That's the key with a ladder. It gives you access. And so... When it talks about here as the ladder, you know, from Jacob to heaven, it was like an access. And it's interesting because there's three verses in the New Testament that use the word access, like a ladder. And it says in Romans 5.2, Romans 5.2, speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ, it says that by whom, by the Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 5.2, by whom we have access, by faith, into his throne, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. 
So that's one uh, place where the word access is used, like a ladder. And it's, a, and it's an access through Jesus Christ, through the Lord Jesus Christ, we have access to the throne of God. This is an amazing thing. You know, I know of President Donald Trump. I don't know President Donald Trump, but I know where he lives in the White House. And I can go to the White House, but I don't have access to him. I can't just walk up to say, I know who Donald Trump is, let me in. That's not gonna work. So it's the same way with God. People know who God is. People know who Jesus Christ is. But it's only by him that we have access to the throne of God, to God. Now, it also speaks about that in Ephesians 2.18. Ephesians 2.18, which says, for through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Again, we have access to God. Ephesians 3.12, Ephesians 3.12, by whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. The Lord Jesus Christ doesn't just give us access like, you know, like a, like a, a secret card, you know, well, try to get in there. But no, we have access and then we have a boldness and we have a confidence uh, I, I could come in because I'm in the Lord Jesus Christ, so it's access. So the Lord Jesus Christ is our ladder. He is our Romans 5.2, by whom we have access. And so here, he is our Ephesians 2.18, through whom we have access. Why? Because it says that in John 14.6, John 14.6 is really a verse about access. When it says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When it says, I am the way, I am the access. I am the way into the White House. I am the way into the heavenly White House, the eternal White House. I am the way to God. When it says in Colossians 1.14, Colossians 1.14, by whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, that's like our badge. That's like our entry badge. Our entry badge is like the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that gives us access to God because it gives us forgiveness with God. Now, so the ladder in this scene here is the access. It's the approach. It's the approach to God. It says in Psalm 65, 4, Psalm 65, 4, blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causest to approach unto thee that he may dwell in thy courts and we shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. So this verse in Psalm 65, 4 is saying, that's a very fortunate person that has the ability to approach God, who has the ability to approach God. When we receive, or when we received the Lord Jesus Christ, we gained an access to approach, an access to approach God. And so it says in Jeremiah 30, verse 21, Jeremiah 30, verse 21, their nobles shall be of themselves, the government shall proceed, and I will cause him to draw near, and he shall approach unto me. Who is this that engaged his heart to approach unto me, saith the Lord? We engage our hearts, I'm gonna go to God. I'm gonna approach God. I'm gonna pray to God. I'm gonna come before God. I'm gonna reach out my hands toward God. That's an engagement of our heart to approach God. And God looks at that, who is this who's knocking on my door? 
but it's only those who are in Christ, in the Lord Jesus Christ, who have that access to be able to reach him there. It's a wonderful word, engage. You know, it reminds me of Volvo. I have this old Volvo car. I have a 1987 Volvo car, Volvo car. That's what I have. And it has 300,000 miles on it. And, I, and there are Volvos that go a million miles, so don't worry about it. And so anyway, so my Volvo car is very interesting because when you're on the freeway and you're driving along, you know, and you say, okay, I want to pass a car. So you floor it on my Volvo car, and it makes a lot of noise, but it doesn't go any faster. It just makes a lot of noise. It's very good at making noise, but it doesn't go any faster. So you don't try to pass cars in this Volvo car. Well, you know, it's kind of like that. You say, well, what, how, why? Why? Well, it's something, I don't understand. Something in the, in the transmission doesn't engage to make it go faster, but it makes a lot of noise. Well, sometimes people are like that. They make a lot of noise, but there's no real movement toward God. And God, God is looking for those who will engage their heart to make a movement toward God, not just say, I want a God, I want God, I want God, but really to read and study their Bible more fervently and to come to church and to go to Bible study and to, and to be serious about God. Okay, when a person engages themselves like that, then the latter is useful. The latter is useful. The Lord said, I am the door. The door's kind of like the ladder. It's sort of like the access. He says in John 10, 9, John 10, 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be safe or saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. These words, by me, through him, are very essential. Nobody comes in except by him. He is the ladder. He is the ladder. So here Jacob is. He's down here, and he sees this ladder that is, that is set up here, and it goes to, again, it's this behold word, it's the wow, and there's heaven at the top. Now, this alone indicates, if nothing else, that Sheol, or hell, is not the end for man. Man can go to heaven when he dies. If he's made his peace with God, if man has made his peace with God, I was just on the phone tonight with a rabbi friend of mine, and I was telling him about my other friend, uh, Dorothy, who, do, who recently died, a Holocaust survivor. I think I told you about her. And how before she died, she was talking to Sergio, a Christian, and Sergio was telling her all about the peace that he had in God. And, and she said to him, how do I get that peace? This is three months before she died. How do, she was 88. How do I get this peace? And he explained to her about coming to God first as a dirty, rotten sinner, not as a righteous person, but as a real shlemiel, as they say, and then opening up the heart and asking God to save and, and asking Yeshua, that's what he called her, him, Jesus, to come into her heart and save her from her sins. And then he just said, didn't say anything. And then a week later, he asked her, he says, uh, he said, did you do that? And she said, yes, I did. And then she died three months later. So I was talking to my rabbi friend about that, and I was saying, you know, this is what happened to my friend Dorothy. And I said, and now I'm going to see her again. And he says, of course you're going to see her again because there is the resurrection of the dead. He's a Jewish rabbi. Is there a resurrection of the dead? I said, yes, there is a resurrection of the dead, but there is a resurrection to life in heaven, and there is a resurrection to Sheol in hell. And hell, and the, the fact that Jacob sees this ladder shows that Hell is not 
does not have to be the end of man. Man can go to heaven if he has peace with God through Romans 5.1, through, therefore, Romans 5.1, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about through. It's all about ladder. Colossians 1.20, Colossians 1.20, having made peace through the blood of his cross, the blood of his cross. So the ladder, it's explained here that the ladder is from heaven to earth. From heaven to earth speaks to us of the Lord Jesus Christ who came from heaven to earth, from heaven to earth. Then it talks about that the ladder is also from earth to heaven, from earth to heaven. And this speaks of, of what we send up the ladder, which is prayers, which are spoken of in Revelation 8.4, Revelation 8.4, as the prayers of the saints that ascended up before God, and praise, and praise from Hebrews 13.15. Hebrews 13.15, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, giving thanks to his name. So why is, there a, why is there a ladder needed? Why is a ladder needed? Why did God set this ladder up? Because there is a separation between heaven and earth. Heaven is closed. It is true what Bob Dylan's song said, knock, knock, knock on heaven's door. Because it's closed. Because communication has been cut off. Because contact has been stopped. And why did this happen? Why is there this, this close in the communication? And God says, clear from Isaiah 59.2. Isaiah 59.2, God says, your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. The contact has been lost. The communication has been broken because of your iniquities, because of my iniquities, because of your sins, because of my sins. And so what does the ladder do? The ladder was set up, not by Jacob, but by God, in order to reestablish the contact, to put back the lost communication. The ladder is like a reconciling uh, between Jacob with God. It establishes communication again. The ladder is like a mediator, a mediator. And so, therefore, when it speaks about the Lord Jesus Christ in John 1, in John 1.51, it says about him, it says, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man, on the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's the mediator. He's the mediator, as it says in, in 1 Timothy 2, 4 and 5. What's he the mediator for? for God's desire. What's God's desire? 1 Timothy 2, 4 says, God will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So that's the purpose of the ladder. Now, we consider where it says here that the ladder was in verse, you can see that in verse 12, Behold, a ladder set up on the earth. Set up, marvelous words, set up. This was a ladder that was set up. This is not a ladder that Jacob saw lying on the ground and he had to set it up. This ladder was already set up. Who set that ladder up? God set it up. 
God set it up. Because this was God's intention when he set up the ladder that there should be this bringing near of man back to God. It says in Psalm 68.20, Psalm 68.20, he that is our God is the God of salvation. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.